Dallas traded a up-and-coming receiver named uh, Billy Parks and Toby Smith, Bubba Smith's brother, to Houston for the right for their number one pick. And Dallas finished last. I mean, Houston finished last that year, and that's how Dallas got that first overall pick and chose me. And that's number one overall in the draft that year, which is very honored, first of all, because the number one overall pick have always been guys that play those glamour positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. So to be the first lineman in history uh, to go number one overall, I was uh, – uh, very honored, and I thank Tom Landry to this day for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Cowboys trade that worked out well. <laughs> Come to Dallas, it's Tom Landry, and I remember, was it Ernie Stautner? Was he your defensive line coach? Ernie was my defensive line coach. What yes. about playing for and learning from those two guys? Uh, coach Landry always gave uh, his players a one-on-one talk. And uh, when he called me in, he said, uh, Ed, he said, number one, I don't compare players with anybody. He said, I know what you're capable of doing. Watched a lot of film on you. He said, if you study, stay out of trouble, do community service work, you'll have a long career here. And I listened. (laughs) And uh, Ernest Outner, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Hall of Famer, uh, one of the toughest to ever play, uh, coached the same way. <laughs> and uh, I often think uh, when I look at training camp, uh, what's happening today with all the concussion protocols, uh, the teams are not allowed to practice as much as we did. Uh, they can't wear pads. And uh, Randy White and I, the, the master, we have a podcast together and we often talk about if we were playing today with these new rules, how long would we play? Randy said, Ed, we'd be playing today. <laughs> you know? And uh, I don't, I, I'll be honest, I don't see how they do it uh, because not only did we work out together very hard uh, doing off season, we were in great shape when we got to camp. We had to practice three days a week, twice a day in full pads. And Coach Landry made you do everything at 75% because he felt that you are a creature of habit. You know, if you loaf in practice during the week, you're loafing the fourth quarter during the game and you won't even realize it until you watch film. So we worked very hard in preseason games. For example, the, the starters don't play now. Well, the f- we had four at the time when I played, four preseason games. The first two games, we played a half, the starters. The third and last game, we played three quarters. And still, <laughs> you know, that first game when they asked for you to give it all, I mean, we were, we were winded. So how they do what they do now and uh, survive, I don't know. But, uh, you know, when I watch the game today, I just pray that the guys can go out there and give 110% and uh, walk off that field healthy. Am I right that when you were playing that for the Cowboys, that was the flex defense? Yes. All right. So is it, explain that. I mean, that's a thinking man's defense. It wasn't just react. I mean, it's almost counterintuitive, wasn't it? Well, first of all, I was a Cowboy fan growing up as a kid. 
but I didn't know what the flex defense was until I got there. And what the flex defense is, is a defense designed to shut down the run and force you in a sure passing situation. Then we would bring a nickel defense in with more DBs, all your best pass rushes. And that flex, I mean, you, you have like your tackle and, 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 and in is an offset position. Oftentimes, I was two and a half yards off the ball in a four-point stance at 6'9", <laughs> keying two, sometimes three people. Now, Dallas drafted me to play the right end, which is a quarterback. Majority of quarterbacks are right in which is coming from that blind side. That's why I was the number one overall pick. But after the first year, Coach Landry called me in and said, Ed, we're going to have to move you to the left side because you're a better run stopper than Harvey Martin. The flex doesn't work unless you have a defensive end that can take on two, three people and, and, and stop that run. And most teams during that era were right-handed. So after the first practice, in this four-point stands, two and a half yards off the ball, I called my college coach, Coach Gilliam, who I credit for me being in the position I was in. I said, Coach, you're not going to believe what they're asking me to do here. He said, what are they asking you? I said, they got me in a four-point stands, two and a half yards off the ball, keying two or three people, which take away your aggressiveness. You know, and defensive players have to be aggressive, get after people play a reckless type game. But when you key in that many people, it take away your aggressiveness. I said, should I go in and ask Coach Landry to be traded? He said, Ed, we prepared you for anything. He said, that's a great coach you're playing for. He wouldn't put you in a position unless he knew you could succeed. That's all I had to hear. And that's when I realized that uh, also that if you play in a team sport, uh, you have to be a team player. It's not an individual sport. You have to sacrifice your position, what you do to make others better around you. My main job was really to keep linemen off our linebackers. That's why Leroy Jordan at his size, I don't know how many of you here are old enough to remember who Leroy Jordan was. He was a big leader for us, went to Alabama, only weighed probably 200 pounds soaking wet, about 6'2", but one of the toughest linebackers ever played the game. Well, one of the reasons why was because he had very good technique, a great tackler, and it was our job to keep the lineman off him. Fantastic. So mentioned this earlier, 74, first round pick, 74, 78. You're at the prime of your professional football career and you say, I'm going to go do something else. And you leave the Cowboys to to go into boxing. What was your thought process at that time? Uh, well, growing up on a farm in Tennessee, uh, when I was young, uh, all the kids wanted to be like their dad. My dad was a big NASCAR and boxing fan and blues singer. <laughs> and um, so I started boxing when I was a kid, fighting Golden Gloves. And um, I was lucky enough to be undefeated. And one year I knocked a guy and was still a record, I believe, in 37 seconds of the first round. 
I made the front page. Now you make the front page in my hometown. That's big. That's big. That's big news. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, my basketball coach saw it and gave me an ultimatum. He said, "Either you give up boxing or you can't play basketball." Well, that was a no-brainer. So I was denied the opportunity to do something I really wanted to do at a young age. And I knew one day, though, I would do that. And um, I, was, I signed a four-year deal with the Cowboys my, my rookie year with an option year. And after my third year, I was ready to pursue that dream. And I sat down and talked to my mom about it. And the first thing she said was, don't burn any bridges, meaning let the team know in advance and play out your contract, including your option year. So I went to text Ram, the general manager, and told him that to prepare for me in the draft, I won't be returning after I play my contract out. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't say anything. But my last year, he called me in. He said, Ed, I haven't, I haven't seen or heard from your attorney. I said, well, why would you want to hear from my attorney? He said, well, we're ready to renegotiate. I said, remember, I told you a year ago that I won't be returning. So the Cowboys took me serious because they knew I didn't joke about things like that. And they drafted a defensive end out of Michigan State named Larry Bethea to take my place. So when I was getting ready to move to New York, uh, and have my press conference. The heavyweight champion at the time was Larry Holmes, who was a friend of mine, always wanted to play for the Cowboys. So I called Larry and asked him if he would attend the press conference in New York with me when I announced what I was going to do so people would take me serious. And I didn't want Coach Landry or Textram or Gil Brandt to scout, who scouted me at Tennessee State, to read about it. So I said, let me call them. So I called Tex first to tell him what I was going to do. So when I called Tex and told him I was going in a box and having a press conference tomorrow, I just want you to know, he must have dropped the phone because there was silence. <laughs> and he said, have you told Landry? I said, no. He said, call Coach Landry. So I called Coach Landry and I told him. He said, who is your trainer? I said, Murphy Griffith, Emil Griffith, uncle. He said, oh, you got, you got some good people. And I said, what do you mean? He said, he's a good, he's a good trainer. I said, how do you know about Boxster? <laughs> he said, I know. He said, Ed, I want to thank you for your five years. If you need anything, don't hesitate to pick up the phone. So I had the press conference. And I guess it must have been about six weeks later, I get a call from Coach Landry's secretary on my address. I gave my address, and they sent me these big boxes with sweatsuits for myself, my sparring partners, my managers, everybody, with the biggest cowboy logos I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I still haven't seen logos that big, just to remind me of the cowboys, but something that really made me respect that organization. The majority of the time, we, they, Coach Landry liked to leave the day before games in order for you to check into the hotel, be at a meeting by 7 o'clock, 
And he wanted to give you plenty of time because he, he, he wouldn't tolerate anybody being late for anything. But my fights were on Saturdays on CBS. If I had a fight that weekend and they were on the road, they would leave early enough to fly in and watch me fight. And I'm going, you mean this man changed his flight schedule to watch me fight? And I thought the world of that. And that's why when I got ready to return after one year, and I was undefeated, by the way. I packed six fights into one year, which was unheard of. I was on a mission because I was 28 at the time. And I was on a two-year mission to fight guys in the top 20 down to the top 10. Then after my second year, start fighting guys to put, position myself for, for a title fight. But when I called the Cowboys and told them I'd be returning, they welcomed me with open arms. And that just goes to show you the class of that organization.